Hey, welcome to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode seven. Today, as we wind down the school year, the weirdest year I think any of us could ever have imagined, I am reminded of how important teachers are in this crazy mixed up world. Teachers bear the burden of educating, caring for, and protecting our students, but the emotional toll it is taking on teachers is causing actual physical harm. And you all know, teachers are leaving the profession in droves. So today, we're going to talk about that hashtag that has been trending for a long time now, self-care, and what it means to me and how I am able to impact the teachers and students that I work with. I hope you stick around. Hey, I'm Jessica Curtis of Everyday Teaching Adventures. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. I hope you stick around. Okay, so self-care. I don't really even know what that means. Um, I hear it, and it makes me think like, bubble baths and candles, maybe like a facial or getting my nails done. But honestly, what the heck does it actually mean? I looked it up because, you know, I'm a numbers girl and, you know, data and all that stuff. I looked it up and the definition that stuck out to me basically said that it's doing something that's good for you, but not something that you have to force yourself to do because you hate it. Okay, so something that's good for me that I don't hate. Okay, that cuts out pizza and soda. My tub of Ben and Jerry's. Um, yeah, pretty much everything that I like to do is bad for me. Um, so yeah, I'm still very unclear. Very unclear on what self-care is supposed to be. So I talked to my friend about it. Actually, we talk a lot, and it turns out that she's dealing with something kind of similar to me. You see, I've been very reflective recently about who I am as a person versus who I used to be. Uh, It's probably because, you know, Mother's Day was just, you know, a couple weeks ago, and that tends to put me in a really reflective mood. So I'm thinking about who I am as a person now versus who I used to be. So I used to describe myself as pretty awesome. I liked scuba diving and riding horses. My favorite place to be was the beach or like in the paddock watching the horses. Oh, that was a wonderful Sunday. Now, if you ask me to describe myself, I say, well, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher. Um, When I think about what I like to do, I always jokingly say sleep, but it's actually not a joke because that's really the only thing I can think of on the spot when you ask me, like, what do I want to do? It's sleep. That's a function of being a mom. I get that, but it's a joke, but it's not a joke. I've lost a little bit of myself, a lot of bit of myself in becoming the wife, the mom, the teacher. And I don't blame anybody for that. 
As I look back, I realize I willingly gave up bits and pieces of myself because I thought that that's what you have to do to be a good mom, a good wife, a good teacher. But one day, somebody asked me to describe myself and all I had left to describe myself was who I was in relation to other people. And it hit me, it smacked me in the face that I have become just like my mom. So I had a discussion with my aunt years ago about how my mom basically gave up everything she was to be the best mom she could be for me. By the way, I love my mom. She did everything she could to give me a great life and I would be incredibly successful if I can be half the woman that she was. That being said, as much as I look up to her, and I really do, I realize that if I want to be the best mom, best wife, best teacher that I can be, I can't do it the way she did it. I have to get those pieces of myself back that I gave up. I'm a good mom. I'm a good wife. I'm a good teacher. Don't get me wrong. But I could be better. I could be pretty awesome again. And I want to find that for myself again. So I've decided to let you all in on my journey to finding myself again. I'm almost 35. I used to be pretty awesome. Uh, a woman to be reckoned with, quite frankly. And I still am in, in a lot of ways. Don't I, I am still a mama bear when I need to be. And if you come across me on a table and, and we're in a meeting, you're not, you're not going to want to cross me. I, I'm, I know my stuff. But I'm going to start filling my own bucket to meet my own potential for myself, for my family, and for the students and the teachers that I work with. So back to that self-care thing. Self-care seems so obvious when people mention it. And I think, I think everybody else feels that way. Everybody goes, yes, I have to do that. I have to do self-care. But then it always falls short, right? Honestly, what does it even mean? It has to be more than bubble baths and candles. Okay, yes, a nice warm bath feels great while I'm in the tub. But as soon as I get out, I'm not really any better for it. Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit more relaxed. But long term, I don't think it really matters. I feel like self-care has to be more than that. It has to be worth something. So back in January, all right, it's May now for reference if you're listening to this like later on. I started exercising. I hate exercising. I, I, no, I don't. I don't hate it. I loathe. There is a there is a blog post about this. I loathe exercising. So I did that honestly more out of spite at myself for having gained a bunch of weight and feeling terrible pretty much all over. See, I changed jobs this year, and so instead of, you know, being up on my feet as much as I was before, I am sitting and I'm doing a whole lot more paperwork than ever before. Basically, I started exercising, kind of punishing myself for the weight gain and that lack of energy. I felt guilty. I felt guilty for being so bleh all the time. I started exercising 
which is, you know, everybody says, oh, yeah, you get, you exercise and you get the endorphins, blah, 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 whatever. Turns out that angry exercising is very effective for me at making me bloat up like a balloon, gain an additional 10 pounds. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not over-exaggerating. Extra 10 pounds. And it helps me be really, really angry at my husband for a week, threatening to never get off the couch again. Hashtag self-care. So my husband, probably at his wit's end and really, really angry at me, uh, for laying around and complaining about gaining more weight and being bloated and just, you know, being all over miserable and a fantastic wife. Sarcasm there. Sarcasm. Uh, he, he, was, he was very kind. He was very kind. He looked up some supplements and exercises for me uh, that weren't so, like, you know, angry, right? I told him to leave me alone. I didn't need anybody's help because, you know, strong woman here, just in my own kind of, I was in my own mind. I was in my own mind right then. But instead, I started over, I started over on the exercising thing, but I went easier on myself. My my thought process, honestly, was, well, I'm going to do these really, really easy exercises because let's face it, it's not going to work anyway. And it doesn't really matter. I'll just kind of go through the motions. And when nothing happens and nothing gets better, then I'll say I tried again and move on. I mean, I wasn't even like joking about that. I was I was pretty upfront about it. My attitude was horrible. I started doing the exercises a little bit, you know, no big deal. And I got this this shake thing that I, you know... I absolutely knew it wasn't going to do any good, but, you know, Josh suggested that maybe I needed to change up my diet a little bit and get a little bit healthier, so I rolled my eyes and I did this this shake thing, and, you know, just honestly to prove to my husband, Josh, that I did it and that it wouldn't work, you know, because that's just the lovely attitude that I had at that point. Not super proud of it, but that's the reality, and I have sworn that I would be honest about this, so here I am. I swore that I would try it for a, jo- a month. Josh asked me to track, you know, like how I thought it was making me feel and stuff, and after tracking it for like two weeks, I was like, there is no difference. This is a waste of time. This is a waste of money. Why am I even bothering? You know, again, just honestly defeatist attitude. Which, you know, it was probably a little bit of the quarantine and the COVID, if I'm completely honest. But just very, very defeated because it really, it really hit me hard that I wasn't just dropping pounds like I used to when I was, you know, when I was pretty awesome. And so I stopped the exercise and shake for a couple of days. Um, just, you know, took a break. Just took a little break from it. And... Almost immediately, uh, I got bloated, had no energy again. Uh, And at that point, I realized, I hadn't even realized that the exercise and the shake and, you know, the the healthier eating was doing anything for me. It kind of snuck up on me. It didn't kind of, it did. It snuck up on me that it was changing how I was feeling in a good way. I realized that, yeah, it was, it was helping. 
And when I really started to look at it and think about it, when I was getting up in the morning before the boys to exercise, I was more awake. I had time to myself. I actually got to drink my first cup of coffee before changing my first diaper for the day, which, you know, turns out was kind of nice. I kind of liked it. And it turns out that morning exercise had started kind of like an avalanche uh, of better choices for me all day long, but I hadn't realized it until I stopped and I went back to my normal get up when the boys get up and drink my coffee while I'm trying to wrangle a two-year-old and a five-year-old and get ready for my day of homeschool teaching whatever this is that we're trying to do right now. Is this the end? Like, have I found the answer? Uh, No, absolutely not. Uh, I'm absolutely nowhere near done figuring all this stuff out. Um, But this is helping me right now. It's giving me a little bit of clarity. I've learned something really important through all this. If I want to be the best wife, the best mom, the best teacher that I can be, I have to find a way to invest in myself. I have to get back to that woman that I was when I described myself as something other than just taking care of other people. So this is kind of giving me some clarity right now. So I'm going to start here. I'm going to use this as a jumping off point to better things. Hopefully getting back to horseback riding. We'll see. Uh, So you got to be asking yourself, what in the world does this have to do with struggling learners? I thought this was a reaching struggling learners podcast. I kind of took the roundabout way to get here. But what I said at the beginning is completely true. Teachers bear an unbearable load year after year and we are losing so many good teachers every year to other professions because of the anxiety and stress of this job yeah okay I get it the system needs to change but it's not going to change tomorrow while we work toward change and I hope you'll work with me toward that change I believe that I cannot be the only teacher good teacher who's struggling to keep her head above water, who has lost a bit of herself because she's worked so hard for so long to help others fulfill their potential. So if my journey helps even one teacher get back to that pretty awesome person he or she used to be, I can't even imagine the families and students' lives that that could impact. Teachers are at their best when they're comfortable in their own skin, when they're healthy, and they feel good. They feel good about themselves and what they're doing. So as we close this incredibly frustrating school year down, I'm going to start exploring ways to incorporate self-care into my life. I'm not going to bore you with it here on this podcast. We're going to get back to doing strategies and and taking care of our students. I did want to have this segue about making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. But don't worry, I'm not going to bore you guys here about that. Okay, I might I might give some updates with some funny stories, you know, like the other day when I, you know, was trying to do this side plank thing and totally fell on my butt and like smacked my shoulder. It was pretty ridiculous. 
But, you know, hey, funny stories are what we live for, right? Uh, if you're interested in this journey that I'm taking, I'm going to be posting it on Instagram. You can find me at Everyday Teaching. It's literally Everyday Teaching, but without the G. Uh, I'll write it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I will be posting it there, so I won't be boring you about that here. And we'll get back to talking about strategies and helping those students in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode seven. Please leave a comment, send me a message, let me know how you like the show. Love it if you left a rating for the podcast on iTunes. That does help other people find the podcast. And I really want to do some listener shout outs. That would be super cool. I want to do that. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your classroom sanitized, and all your school supplies labeled before they clear out your room. Bye.